Now entering Nerdist.com. Welcome to the Sex Nerd Sandra Podcast. Whoa, what are all these kids doing in here? Hey, if you're under 18, go ask your mom. Now that we're alone, let's start the show. I'm surrounded by attractive, wonderful men. So Hell I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm extra excited today. Uh, but today we're going to talk about, um, what would you call this? Gay cruising culture, gay sex culture. Um, we're going to get into some stuff that is absolutely fascinating for me. Being more familiar with uh, heterosexual like, mating culture and lesbian culture. So I'm like... I don't get to hang out in like the local gay bathhouse and like watch everything go down. So I, this is, Hold I'm on a so minute. excited. Where's the local gay bathhouse? Which one? Are there gay bathhouses? Oh my God, there's many. Okay. I had no idea. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Okay, so in the house tonight, <laughs> this is first things first, because believe me, bathhouses, I want to go. So I just want to put on a mustache. Okay, okay, I can't even talk about it. Okay, so we have... We have Guy Branham, comedian extraordinaire. Did I say it right? Branham? Branham, yes. Excellent. Thank you for having uh, me. Guy, welcome. Hello. And Good Michael, to be here. <laughs> Michael Sculigiotti, uh, that you might remember from the <laughs> Sex Store Warrior episode. Hello. Yes. Hi. Michael, Thank you hello. for having me back. Thank you. Excellent. Um, just for people, since they're listening to this right now as they're on the treadmill at the local gym or et cetera, et cetera, or looking for spreadsheets, uh, tell us a little about yourself, Guy. My name is Guy Branham. Hi. I'm a Scorpio. <laughs> um, I enjoy... Uh, I pretty much just enjoy being alone at home and periodically get my shit taken care of. Um, I am a writer for Awkward on MTV, um, and I used to be a writer for Chelsea Lately. Oh, and I ha- uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Guy Branham. That's me awesome. plugging. That's awesome. And you just wrote something for HuffPost, too. Oh, yes, I did. I wrote uh, I blog for the Huffington Post sometimes, and I, I wrote a sassy thing about the Chick-fil-A arguments. That was a great article. And you were in a movie. And I was in a movie. I was in a movie about no-strings-attached sexual involvement called No Strings Attached. I played the sassy gay friend <laughs> of Natalie Portman. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, my gosh. When coming back from uh, Japan, like a couple weeks ago, I finally saw that movie. And I was like, it's gay. <laughs> how, just how sassy. I haven't seen the movie. Just how sassy are you? Because I know in, real, in reality, you're not too sassy. Uh, I, I get. Uh, and also, it was directed by Ivan Reitman, the man who directed Ghostbusters. So his like comfort level with homosexual sassiness is limited. Huh. But at one point in time, I go, do get to behave as though I have a period. So that's <laughs> at least a moderate yes. level of sass. Oh, yeah, that that's was pretty a really good. great scene. <laughs> you really brought it. Cast him in things, people. He's fun on screen. <laughs> I don't know why I make that voice and do that thing like I'm a mom. Anyway. No, you're plugging me. I like that. Whatever oh, okay. you were doing, do it more. All right. Okay. Uh, Michael. Hey. Uh, a long time ago, uh, on an episode far, far away in iTunes, um, you were working at the Pleasure Chest with mm-hmm. me swapping stories, but now... Mm-hmm. Now, I now, Yes, I do not work at the Pleasure Chest anymore. I, um, I'm an artist. I do paintings and murals and mosaics and all that stuff. So I'm just concentrating on that. And I'm in a you know, one of those long-term relationship things that I'm really like, we have a house and we have a dog. That's like, you know, the gay kid. So, <laughs> um, I'm just very domestic these days. And so following 
guy makes me sound really lame because I really just because you're capable of maintaining a relationship and I am not <laughs> no because you're like definitely out in the world and I am definitely in my living room no you have an amazing <laughs> painting studio I love your like I do have a painting studio man area where you paint and play music um, the mainly um, you can totally check out Mike's stuff if you message him on Facebook like yeah. Michael Sculachati we'll link to that but if you're interested in his artwork and whatnot, um, and you're just a fabulous artistic person thank you you've helped me a lot and actually I have to credit you with something historic, Michael. Yes. You are the one who convinced me to use Sex Nerd Sandra as my name. Oh. So well, thank you yeah, for that. That's you're lovely. Very yeah. It was nice. Because I thought it was too, like, in your face, and I was like, oh, weird, weird. And you're like, no, I like it. You have to. And yeah, I, was no, like, I, mm. I am proud of to be one of those people in your life that has known you through the before and the after yeah. of Sex Nerd Sandra. And all the neuroses in between. Yes. What were the other possible names that you're going to get sex sandra <laughs> like uh sandra the sex nerd or sex geeks or something i don't know i was throwing around all kinds of stuff but yeah. i like this one yeah yeah it feels good yeah it flows i felt like embarrassed at first i like the fact that it is just three nouns thrown at you <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's very descriptive <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah, it works out yeah. it was actually before it was saucy sassy sandy which i couldn't even what? say yeah and that was just like my general like, whatever but that was like what i was using just like in the meantime i was figuring well, i was figuring my shit out guys man do you still own that url we could do some I, fun I stuff might. with SaucySassySandy.com. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we could. Um, so, <laughs> I brought you all here today. Oh, my God. I'm, like, surrounded by beautiful people. I am so excited. Um, <laughs> I'm not. Oh. <laughs> 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 I'll leave now. Um, okay. Seriously, guys. I've talked to you both separately. Uh, both of you men about the world. And I've, I have downloaded Grinder to my iPhone. Yes. And what have you learned? I have learned that I can find a uh, cute gay male within 500 feet of me most places in Los Angeles. Yes. 500 feet. Mm-hmm. It, That's crazy. It's a, I mean, they have it now for making friends and whatnot, but you can actually grinder, G-R-I-N-D-R, on your phone. I, I totally, I freaked you out, Mike, about this. Yeah, you did. Because <laughs> yeah. I, I was like, at you're the, posing. No, no, no. <laughs> Because I okay, I downloaded this app. I don't have any profile information, but all of a sudden, I can just see everybody around me. And I was at the Gay and Lesbian Center getting my like an, well, not annual, but like every few months, I'll get my STI checkup. And I'm just sitting there in the waiting list. I'm like, oh, let's see what Grinder has to say. And I'm all like looking around, like, <sighs> and nobody was sitting next to me that was on Grinder. But I, but he totally freaked him out. <laughs> well, that's the thing. It's like the thing that I don't have Grinder, and I think I just I'm scared of being tracked. You know, like somebody knows where you are. I think that just kind of mm-hmm. that kind of bugs me out. Where like mm-hmm. you can just look up and then somebody's staring at you. <laughs> There's something really creepy about that. I just can't I can't do it. Well, one of the weird things about male homosexuality sexuality is that it's a game entirely of hunters like um in in heterosexuality you do have women who however much you guys can be like calculating and aggressive in ways like we are socialized to be sexual aggressors and so sometimes like creepiness level can be high and we can be comfortable with a very high creepiness level Mm -hmm. because we're all dudes and we get that we're all kind of disgusting yeah (laughs) absolutely i was just talking to sandra about that the other day whereas um there's been so many times where you know you can go up to a guy and just say hey you know do you want to just like quickly jerk off in my car and and that to me isn't even creepy anymore because it's happened so many times (laughs) wow I can't even not, imagine that. I no. can't even. I mean, just in my life, that, I mean, going I can't to, even tell you like how many times I've just like beat off with a guy just in some random spot just to get because guys are like they're they're 
you know, you get hard, you get off, and it's literally just out of sight, out of mind. Like, I yes. mean, you can really just get off and just move on with the day like nothing happened, and it doesn't matter. So, I don't know. I mean, I think that plays into it a lot. I mean, in, in the long term, that is sad. It, it, like, it, it makes it more difficult for us to build lasting relationships, I think. But in the short term, it's super, super awesome. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> it's it like is. a Sounds sexual great. utopian society. I'm going to say well, well, what uh, you said to a girl just once to see what happens. <laughs> hey, do you want to just go jerk off real fast? Yeah, I um, mean, that doesn't happen in the heterosexual no, no, community. No, 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 you'll be in jail. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> well, also, yeah. one thing that's compelling about it is like the extent to which the danger of, like the social danger of the play can really make it so fun without having to do the, the riskiest of activities. Like there, exactly. there, there came a point in time when I was like first learning uh, how to be gay um, in like 10 years ago. And I would just like, I got super, super scared of STIs and I would just invite guys like strangers to come over to my house and then once they were there, get them to get naked and play a board game. Um, because <laughs> for my money, like, like once they've gotten naked for you, like you win, you you win. Like you've <laughs> proved what you need to prove. Um, and and then I, you know, figured out, hey, we should probably masturbate because um, that's not so bad. It's not. It's not that bad. You yeah. Know, there's no SDI transmission in a masturbation session with somebody. You know, and that's the thing. Like for me, being in the relationship that I'm in now, I can't go out and masturbate with somebody just because to me that still crosses a boundary. You know. But it's when I was single, um, it was the safest way to have sex. You know, I mean, even though it's not sex, but it was the safest way to get off without worrying about it for six months. Um, sure. I would like to challenge your concept that it is not sex. I, one of the interesting things for us is that however I think much... A lot of people would think that it's not sex, but it's pretty hot still. No, it's it's super hot. I, I understand the argument that it's not sex, but I also would like to make the assertion that like, to some extent sex is what you make of it and if people are coming i would say it's more likely to be sex than uh, a board game um and also <laughs> like w we have one fewer hole than you guys do to play with i win <laughs> <laughs> i win this game oh. we're just racking up points uh, <laughs> you never know there are people with colostomies or, or other situations True. bigger belly buttons uh, but um oh. you know i i think that we have to like you know, we have to find our pleasure in interesting ways. Mm -hmm. And a, there's a lot that comes with butt sex, both uh, before Literally. and after. Yes, <laughs> right. amen. That's true. Yes. A lot. Yeah, it seems like a lot of work. It is. It is a lot of work. Also, not always pleasurable, I would imagine. Like, it's not I always mean, the I greatest. Mean, yeah, it wouldn't be pleasurable if you didn't have lube. Uh, right. Yes. That said, you're participating in a common misconception of heterosexual men that, like, taking it up the ass is a bad thing. I have never bottomed. That said, one of the reasons I haven't is because it seems to be like heroin, and I'm pretty sure when I do, I will probably never come back <laughs> from the brown side. Um, <laughs> but, like, it, like... It, well, I don't think that... I don't know. I'm not coming from a place where I think that, that taking it up the ass is, is necessarily a bad thing. Right. But it does seem... I mean, I don't know. I've never done it, so I probably shouldn't have said anything. But it seems like... I've never done it, so I probably shouldn't have said anything. But we're talking oh, well, and learning. Oh, Mike and I can just high-five across hey. the table. Hey. What's up, girl? Um, <laughs> seems like the frequency with which uh, you, you are going to come from anal sex is probably less, right? 
I mean, or am I wrong? Come is from it? anal sex. It's like the best orgasm you've ever experienced in your life when something's in your ass. Okay. It's also, out of control. You, you, like, you feel like a god when you make a man jizz on himself from pounding him. Like, you, it really is just the most amazing thing. I can't wait till I do that. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to happen someday. Someday. Yeah. Man, That's okay. Awesome. Um, yeah. But, uh, and also, like, there, like, uh, there are so many more bottoms than there are tops. Like it is, um, like a significant preference. Mm-hmm. Like you see a lot more bottoms than tops. Yeah, oh, the, yeah. Oh, really? There is a numbers crisis. Can you just be a switch Definitely. then? There's uh, a numbers crisis. It, yes, though it varies place to place. New York has more tops than bottoms. <gasps> um, really? Yes. Interesting. Yes. Anal wow. How do you know this? How do you know this? Oh, he, he it's just grinder. <laughs> it's it's just sort of like popular conception like I, I i came out when i was in minnesota and everybody was like oh land of ten thousand bottoms blah 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 and i <laughs> honestly just believed that it was like a local issue <laughs> like transit or um and then i got to san francisco where again it was like at the end of the night online it was just a lot of filipino bottoms looking for anything rigid they could uh, get get their butts on my people <laughs> <laughs> I maintain that there should be some sort of like um, exchange system between the Midwest and San Francisco where we get Filipino bottoms to where they are most desired and we get Is like that a thing, really? strapping farm boys to uh, to San Francisco to top things. <laughs> okay, okay. So, uh, good idea. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Okay, so a few things since we are recording and there's obviously a million things to talk about within this hour. Dave needs to step away because he's extra extra important this evening and has a show he needs to go to. So we're going to say goodbye to Dave in about 15 minutes or so. I think less. A little less? Yeah. But I forgot to mention Mike was a go-go boy dancer for a number of years. And so he has a lot of in-person like mating dance stuff experience. And Guy has had a background of doing a lot of online, would you call online dating or just online sex? Online sex. Online sex, meeting up for sex. So having laid that groundwork, let's talk about bathhouses. Okay. Who's been there? Who hasn't? I've been to a bathhouse. I used to work at a bathhouse. Ooh. Yeah. So, and I've been to a bathhouse. In LA? Mm Mm-hmm. Where? Which one? Yeah, the Hollywood Spa. Oh. Yeah. I've never uh, been. Oh, and, and actually two. Um, and the uh, one, it was called, um, it was on right across the street from Target. Do you remember that one? No. Oh, anyway. Um, they were both, you know, I was just checking IDs and passing out condoms and stuff like that. But the time that I did go to a bathhouse, I was <laughs> really scared. I just really went just to see what it was like with my best friend. Uh-huh. I'm confused I was about terrified. what it is. It's a place where basically you just, you pay, you get condoms and lube. And then you put your stuff in a locker and you have a towel uh-huh. and there's like hot tubs and steam rooms and all these, like there's a long dark hallway with there's just like probably 20 rooms, you know, what's in the rooms, men waiting for you to walk in like beds oh. or they're so, like, yeah, they're like beds. They're like jailhouse beds. They're, they're like flat, oh just my God. like I, attached to the is, wall beds. Wow. I didn't yeah. know there was that part. Yeah, there's so there's be- there's like full on rooms and God, um, we need to go. You, you walk past the rooms and you look in and you see if you like him or not and if you like him you go in if you don't then you keep walking and try to find what's next and so I just hung out when I went I just hung out in the 
jacuzzi um, because it was it seemed like this and I just dipped my feet in because I was really scared of what was floating. yes I would just be worried I would, like anytime I'm in a space like that I'm like everything is full everything of jizz everything is covered in jizz and yeah, so, yeah and, and it most likely it is it's also why I don't eat food at gay bars like it, it is probably oh. full of jizz yeah you should <laughs> the Abbey yeah, station you should never yeah probably never, true of any bar never eat the nuts <laughs> <laughs> ever or the popcorn or anything like that on the counters i'm curious what these places are are advertised as is it just like it seems for something to be like well, so Dave, blatantly it's a, it's a place where you go and get a bath it's a like it's a gay spa okay i mean that makes sense but if uh, you said the place is called hollywood spa yeah i mean i would just imagine that there might be people that walk up and be like yeah i want to go to a spa and <laughs> what sure happens then yeah i'm sure there are i mean you walk in and it's not it's not like this really nice reception area you know it's like you walk in and it's kind of dark and there's a gay guy at the counter and he's just like I mean, they hand you condoms and lube. You should pre- pretty much figure it out from there that you're not going to get a facial. Well, you could get a facial. <laughs> 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 but yeah. I have never been to a bathhouse. There was, um, I used to live in the Bay Area and there were like a bunch of bathhouses in the East Bay. They can't have them in San Francisco anymore because, well, AIDS. Um, sure. But um, uh, I have gotten blown in a couple of back rooms in places that have back rooms um Wait, places like clubs yeah like uh it doesn't really happen here but like in new york it used to be that all of the bars would have a back room where you just go and you stand and it's sort of a, a similar culture of like eye contact sort of like no speaking communication um where you have some degree of sex with a stranger um, is it, it just a room? Are there prison beds too? It's a room. It's dark. There are no prison beds, um, though people are are finding ways of achieving things. I mean, it must be a very slippery floor. <laughs> yeah, um, it's an odd first thought. <laughs> Why? Well, I, I mean, because I mean, public sex—just sex, not in a bedroom or in the kitchen where you have counters. I mean, it's like immediately. Like I was just talking to my friend about sex on the beach. I mean, sand's going to be everywhere. I think about logistics. It's yeah. a solid point. That, that, is a good, <laughs> that is a good point. But I mean, you, you, you. For me, anyway, like I'm not. I wouldn't say I'm a germaphobe, but I'm very, very um, aware of my surroundings when it comes to like jizz, because jizz does kind of gross me out unless it's somebody that I know and and really like and appreciate. I don't want to just be handling somebody's jizz that I don't know, or stepping in it, or sitting in it, or anything like that. It absolutely grosses me out. So, yeah, you know, I. I don't want to be in a situation. I worked at a bathhouse and I went to one, but it was one of those things for me where I was just very hyper conscious of my surroundings. I wouldn't say I really enjoyed it very much. I kind of appreciate the fact that in this like no girl sexual situation, there is an extent to which like however prissy and clean our cliche of gay men may be when it comes to like getting some, everybody tends to be uh, sort of just like, well, this is the situation we have to deal with. It's a little bit gross, but it's th- like the gross is part of the fun. The sure. scary is part of the fun. Um, and I think there's something like there's something very charming about it because it is my people and mm-hmm. I love us. Mm-hmm. At the same time, I do wonder to what extent it is a reflection of us being a traditionally marginalized people who sort of understand like... E- you're like you're going to have more sexual encounters in bathrooms than most people are right because i I, never thought of it that way that's interesting yeah i will say it is it is and this is completely removing uh the homo or heterosexuality from it the idea of a place to go to 
where you like walk in and they hand you condoms and lube and the knowledge is that you're going to walk in and you are going to fuck or get fucked in one of many different types of rooms in the mm-hmm. place. The fact that that exists and there's no and there isn't like you go like to a basement and like a and like a door slides open <laughs> and you say like, you know, some password and Rosemary. the guy's like, "Uh, come in," you know? <laughs> like <laughs> That I mean, it's it's kind of insane to me that it's just like, yeah, we're the Hollywood spa. Come on down. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I, I I like that it's it's setting gay guys up though. Like, say if you're from out of town and you you know you're you're nervous about going to a club or you know like it is a safe space for guys to go where they do get handed the condoms and the lube right. and everything to set them up to have gay mm-hmm. sex in a safe space. That said, I think that. Bathhouses are reflective of a culture of people wanting to have homosexual sex for whom homosexuality is not a normalized part of their life. Like, bathhouses in many ways exist so that a businessman can leave his business at 2 p.m., sure. get some, and then be home to his wife by 6. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. It's true, and it's all, I mean, it's it's a have, safe space in a sense. Have you met uh, those people? I mean, Them. is that pretty common? Yes. It, it's one of the things... That I'm always stunned. I have to explain to heterosexuals that like Tell uh, us. that ni- like that not you, sex nerd Sandra. <laughs> uh, that that ninety percent of the iceberg is submerged. That like there are so many people who are in some way gay who aren't in any way living it. And especially when I lived in the Midwest, like it was an issue that you had to at some point in time like clarify. Do you have a wife and children? Uh, like, or you know, dude, fucking go out in uh, in Salt Lake City, and half of the guys like are are at a gay bar, but have a wife. Uh, or they're, I mean, because I'm sure a lot of them are also just bisexual or bi curious or trying to see because there's clearly something pulling them in that direction, but they're not. So they're not, but they don't know what to do about it except to go to these places and kind of. Figure yes. it out. And and we don't have a good culture for like we don't recognize male bisexuality and it's a problem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's very true. Yeah, we did a bisexuality episode where we talked about that and I've gotten a lot of emails from wonderful listeners who are like, Thank you for telling saying that because there's a lot of bi boys out there. There well, is a lot of bi boys, absolutely. Yeah. Sure. And yeah. I love them because they're so cute. Yeah, they're great. And there's like there is this reaction that, you know, if a guy has sex with men and then ends up with a woman, like that's somehow false. But mm-hmm. I have so many female friends who like like sex with women but have ended up in long term relationships with men and mm-hmm. like No one thinks that's weird. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to yeah. talk on your experience, Mike, about yeah. in terms of I mean, I've definitely, I've had sex with uh, many women and I've enjoyed every single experience I've had, but I would definitely categorize myself as being gay because I only want to have a relationship with a man. That's very interesting. Yeah. Like I, I enjoy gay sex more, but I'm, I'm just a very sexual person. So I've just been in the, you know, I've been in the moments with different girlfriends of mine where we're having sex and it's great and there's orgasms all around and she's like, oh, I thought you were gay. And I'm like, oh, I am. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I'm having this ex- sexual experience with you and it was fun. But at the end of the day, I want to have a boyfriend. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like sex is one thing and then love is another. Mm-hmm. Why do you feel you are predisposed to better long term relationships with men? Um, Just I think, I mean, because you can't just be. I mean, I guess you can be, but I'm, I'm just, I'm not 100% gay. I'm not 100% straight. I, w- I would be like in the percentage probably of saying I'd be like 75% gay, 25% straight or whatever, bi, whatever, you know? Um, so 
in that sense, I just know that I'm more attracted to men. So if I'm just going to make it really simple, I'm going to categorize myself as being gay just to keep it black and white Mm. because everybody likes the simplicity of just, you know, I mean, you can say that you're bi, you know, but I'm always going to be in a relationship with a guy. So I'd rather just say I'm gay. Mm -hmm. Fascinating. I have always insisted that the reason I have sex with men is because I have far better things to do with women. And my my most constructive long-term relationships have been like platonic relationships with women um and so like that's interesting to me because there are people who sort of say like oh i just you know i I love a male energy like that's the sort of person i want to be partners with and and that sort of thing and i very much like and respect and appreciate gay men but i just feel like um you know there, there is that situation of both parties jizz and then you sort of want to go away mm-hmm. and <laughs> you want to cuddle you don't want to cuddle guy um i mean there are times when i want to cuddle but after i've just had sex with a man i generally want to offer him a towel and show him the door <laughs> interesting <laughs> wow see see i'm i'm the opposite in the sense of i if i have sex with a woman i want to go immediately afterwards and if i have sex with a guy i want to cuddle oh yeah guy, it's kind of weird sex with a woman oh god no um, I, I, We're hideous. <laughs> I just like this. I just it. It feels like it would be. It just feels weird. Like it feels like it would be insulting to her. Mm-hmm. Like to, like the notion of having sex with someone I wasn't attracted to, just feels like. like Plenty of straight guys do that all the time. Man. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. It it feels like it would be mean. Straight or, girls too. Sorry. <laughs> Uh, I, I, I like I am bothered when I feel like a gay guy had sex with a woman to prove something, you know, um, because it it feels manipulative. Yeah, when you don't need to prove anything. Yes, I mean, you know, I think you're, you're you'd be past that. That's at this it. point. You know, I, you don't need to prove anything. But I do wonder how much I am being constrained by a very structural approach to sexuality that I grew up with and whether I am inhibiting myself from sort of appreciating certain things because there are, God knows, women have given me boners in the past. Mm -hmm. Like, I can definitely be, like, find attraction and appeal from a woman and I don't know whether I'm just too self-conscious about that because I, like... Because being gay was hard enough, you know? Right, like, oh, I made this transition, and I've survived and gotten to the other side, and do I really want to go back for a taste? Well, also, and I spent so much time trying to jack off thinking about women, Uh but I just got tired of it. Oh. (laughs) That's hilarious. You're like, or I can think of dick. Exactly. (laughs) That was very simple. That worked quite well. Yeah. I, we did this exercise at this one conference where we had everybody stand on the spectrum of orientation with being like like super duper straight on one end of the room and super duper like only gay. Most people s- stood somewhere near the middle yeah. or 75%. That's where most people stood. But there were like, you know, maybe out of 40 people, like maybe three or four that actually were like touching the wall. Would you be a wall toucher? I actually would be pissy. And like to me... It is a different, like to me, I have a different construction of how sexuality works. I really feel like, um, like 
anyone who's doing anything outside of the boundaries of conventional heterosexual masculinity mm-hmm. is in some way a mar- gender marginalized. And I just sort mm-hmm. of feel like there, there should be a, a big clump of people who have the sex that is not respected because like when you think about it, all of the words we have to criticize someone are basically saying, if you were on the receiving end of a dick, you're a bad person. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm a terrible person. (laughs) I'm real bad. As am I lady. I'm great. Um, (laughs) I mean, uh, no, I wouldn't be like, I don't know if I would be a wall toucher just because I think I'm at least self-aware enough not to be to be not actively trying to not restrict myself from enjoying the things that i enjoy and we're talking just i'm just just asking about orientation i wasn't asking about gender or anything that's a whole other spectrum of but i feel like orientation like your mind and your body work together and the way you're approaching the world like works with your physical reactions to sort of like help you conceive of things culture impacts what we find attractive Mm -hmm. but also so does biology and so i think it is I am always working to try to appreciate as many things as possible because as someone who is a niche sexual taste, anyone who wants to enjoy me, like you're good. Good for you. I'm going to try to enjoy you as much as possible. Excellent. Yeah. Pause for a second. Did you want to step away? Yeah, I got to go. Okay. Bye, Dave. Wait, wait, wait. Tell everybody Uh, bye. Oh, I thought I was just pausing. Well, I just wanted to check in first. Guys, this is the part where Dave has to leave us. Yeah, sorry, you. I gotta go. Yeah, I have a I have a show that I cannot break. Perform well. With. Thank you very much. Have a good night, Dave. Thank you. It was nice to meet nice you. Nice to meet you as well. We'll Thank see you, you next time, yes. guy. Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. Now see I have soon, you guys. Sandra. <laughs> bye. We'll just touch. Just arm touch. There. Uh, bye bye. Uh, He's got a really good voice. Yeah. <laughs> I'll see you guys later. <laughs> <laughs> now I have you all to myself. I like this part. Awesome. <laughs> no, I, I love what you were saying. Um, actually, you bring up a really good point uh, that we had talked about a little bit before about because you called yourself a little niche yes. taste. What do you guys think about? You know, I, okay, having been, I worked at a, an adult store um, for several years now. There's the the twink section, like the skinny young boy section. There's the bears, you know, the big burly guys. Guy, are you a bear? Is that, is that, are you uh, yes to some extent but there's also sort of like um, a cultural connotation and like they're so frequently performing masculinity so hard like I'm not wearing flannel and suspenders like I'm not going to spend a lot of time I don't like having a beard um, <laughs> I always think of bears as being a little older than you as well that's sweet kitten I appreciate that a lot <laughs> <laughs> you're maybe a cub <laughs> Uh, my my cup da- my cup my cup days are past. Look, no. I, you know, no. I, honestly, as time goes on, I do appreciate the extent to which, like, as a bigger guy, like there are younger guys who sort of uh, appreciate the fact that I am big and older, and like the implications that come with that. There's something nice about being in a sexual type where they're like there is a, a long term for a, appreciation where like I, I have a friend who's just a ridiculously beautiful boy but who is now 33 and sort of has this concept that he can't exist in West Hollywood anymore. Mm. That is so tragic. Yeah, it is. He spends a lot of time getting things injected into his face mm. and oh, not the good stuff. God, that's awful. The West Hollywood look, you know, our boys town here in L.A., 
it's frustrating because, I mean, I've talked to plenty of gay men who don't fit that mold of pretty and, and young and shiny and whatever and haircut thing, <laughs> all that whatever face ab and and they're like having a hard time dating and there's a lot of low self-confidence and it's it's hard sometimes to see gay culture i mean just so strongly feel like there's like a type you have to be do you feel that i mean it is difficult in its way but there is something awesome about having so many people working so hard to be sexually attractive and i feel like we don't necessarily suffer in the same way that women do because like women like the extent to which the male gaze objectifies women is something you're not participatory in. It is men deciding who you should be and you sort of not getting to be a person if you're not. For us, it's more of a, like, um, it's like a potluck. Like everybody brings stuff and everybody gets to enjoy that. And like, I, and, and gay guys can have pretty we can have very very niche sexual tastes that we are super indulgent of but we can also have super generalized tastes because you grow up thinking i'm not going to be able to get this and you spend a lot of time staring at images of like very very conventional normal masculinity that gets so appealing because it is so normal and you feel abnormal and that's why i think that there can be something super hack and lame about how much like so frequently uh, friends of mine will look at like uh, someone Lance Bass was dating and they were like so gay guys like someone made out of plastic and to some extent that's a little bit true <laughs> oh god no I see that's the thing for me if you show me I, I love I'm all personality I mean of course like everybody has their sexual attractive you know I'm sexually attracted to this guy or this guy like I like guys that are a little shorter than me mm-hmm. you know but like if you're a bitch and if it's coming out and if I can see that you are like like your your friend who's just like injecting things in his face and so consumed with like the look, I would prefer to see that in somebody before I, you know, really started to date them because that wouldn't be my type. Like I just I need a guy that can just like go camping for a week and not give a shit. You know, like about the way he looks or about the way that other people think of him. I mean it's it's easier said than done you know because we all go i mean god knows it takes me like you know some time to get ready if i like want to go out to a club you know definitely because i want you want to be confident you want to be attractive but if some little queen is gonna judge me then it's so much (laughs) better for me not to be around that person because he's just gonna annoy me all night there's a lot of self-hatred there's a lot of judgment and it can be difficult in its way but i feel like a lot of that is just because of late socialization to these Mm. activities like we are like for yeah, most you, 10 years ago that's when you were right, really right um and, and you know for most people it's just sort of like in only in college getting to where to figure out the stuff that most people are figuring out in in junior high and there can be a lot of self-consciousness and cattiness that comes from that but i like sometimes i'll see someone and think he's terribly cute and my friends are like god he's wearing makeup or god have you mm-hmm. seen how overplucked his eyebrows are to me, there is something appealing about a gay guy who is spending a little bit too much energy, um, like trying to ornament himself. Like if they are a little extra faggoty, it just means they're all the more for fucking. You know. <laughs> Simil- similarly, uh, like being not traditionally masculine can be a-, a real problem for a lot of gay guys. And I just think that's the most adorable thing on the planet because. Mm-hmm. It means they're for me, you know, <laughs> like, 
No, oh. it's so true. I totally get that. I, I am so much more attracted to somebody that is showing me their true colors rather than somebody that's trying to be a cookie cutter right. image of the, some other guy. Because like masculinity is constraining and boring. And there are a lot of gay guys who do have this very like fetishized relationship with masculinity. And it's just like, dude, we have the option of having fun. All of the types of fun. Why not have that kind of fun? Which is w- one of the reasons. It's a potluck. <laughs> it's a potluck. Delicious. Yeah. And like, it's one of the reasons that um, <laughs> as I go through life, God, shouldn't I get better at uh, appreciating women sexually? Because it, like you bitches are bringing so much to the potluck. We like, have boobs. <laughs> you have boobs, and which are really exciting. And we have a self-lubricating orifice. That just That's seems awesome. unfair. I really like, Oh, here's something that was fascinating to me. I uh, do stand up at a lot of colleges and like uh, I was like in like Western, Western Kansas and like the gay kids came and we were talking and like a couple of hours in they were, I was like, where do you guys get lube for boys? Uh (laughs) Um, Because good question. I'm so used to being somewhere where you've got the gay store. Yeah. Yeah. And they were like, we have to go to the porn store in the next county. Oh my God. Like, oh that's... My God. Uh, <laughs> and it's probably got a terrible selection. <laughs> yeah. you, you, did they at least have K-Wines, like the, some of the basics I'm sure at the drugstore? At, at the drugstore, you have KY, but KY doesn't, necess- it doesn't, doesn't work last, particularly well yeah. for boys. No. Yeah, it dries up. Yeah. We're, talking, we're not talking about jerking off, we're talking about anal penetration? Yes. Oh, okay, because I've got an ass too. <laughs> but you also have a self-lubricating hole <laughs> true yeah. true i mean if i were in west west kansas and i needed an anal boning like stat i mean you'd have to I, go to the next county i had used ky i mean it's not my primary choice because it's sticky and miserable and miserable but yeah you can find it at, at pretty much everywhere though yeah and also it just seems like an indignity it's like in those states where you have to buy alcohol in like a gross state-owned store or something like that. It's like, no, buying lube should be a spa event where you go to like a lovely store and you have a lot of fun options. It's true. Yeah, that Why is not? true. I mean, that's the way to go if you have the option and the choice. Okay, so I want to switch gears a little bit because I'm really excited about this. Okay. So I've talked to Mike a bit about his bronzen god experience being the go-go boy um, in West Hollywood and just dance because you were basically dancing in like awesome like torn jean pants and like mm. looking all abby and just yeah. being fabulous and but you have a history of uh kind of not being the coolest kid in high school yeah no i mean it literally um went from the the worst you know gay experience when i was you know nineteen twenty to the best gay experience when i was in my late 20s i mean it really all had to do with location for me i mean i grew up in this small town and you know uh, i came out at 16 but for me like i came out to this amazing supportive family and friends and my best friend just happened to be bi curious i mean it was so we lost our fuck rich- you and your I, fairy tale i'm <laughs> telling you like it was a fairy tale so when i came out i was confident i was happy i felt really good about it but the town that i was in was super super like kind of hateful and i was really kind of i mean because my best friend he was definitely very closeted and I was coming out with like, you know, streamers flying out of my ass. Wait. So, yeah. Because I know you, uh, people kind of picked on you at school. Yeah. Did that start happening after or before? Uh, it really happened after. Oh. Because I, I stopped denying it because people were asking me. I mean, I just found um, a VHS tape of me when I was 16 <laughs> and I watched it and it was 
horrifying because I was so awkward and I was so over the top gay because I was just, I was just coming out, you know, just full force. I was so <laughs> gay. I mean, I was flamboyant. Like, it's hard. So flamboyant. It's hard not to hate yourself for saying that, but I feel like that's the most beautiful thing. There's, there's nothing sweeter than like, uh, like, <laughs> A little homo who can't contain it. You yeah. know? No, I mean, there was no containing it. But the downside to that was um, I got picked on a lot at school. I got beat up at school. I got thrown in lockers. Um, it was horrifying. And then um, the town next next to us uh, opened a gay bar. And I, and I <gasps> Where are you from? And I, way upstate New York. Okay. And so I went to this gay bar. And at like I got, 16? Oh, no. At this time, I was I already graduated high school, but I was still in the same town. Uh-huh. And um, so I was about like 19. So I was still underage. Nice. But they let me in. The uh-huh. door guy let me in. I guess they did. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and I got picked up by this really hot guy who was really buff. And um, he beat the shit out of me. Oh, no. Oh, seriously? Yeah, no. That sounds hot. <laughs> no. Do, you have, do you have VHS of that? <laughs> no, no. It was horrible. You mean it was like horrible. he was like, really... like was he like an undercover hater? He was an undercover hater. Oh, so fuck. he was like, "Hey, let's go to this hotel." And so I went to this hotel with him. I mean, or do was... you think he was an undercover self-hater? He, I think he was a self-hater because he had a record. Because I mean, he. I mean, I won't get too much into it, but he beat me so bad that I had to go, like, go to the hospital and I had to be, oh, like, fill out a police report. And I mean, it was like humiliating because I had to like, I was coming out like with all this happiness and the support of family and all this, all this good stuff. And um, to come home with like bruises and, you know, bloody nose and just all this, all this, you know, bad stuff. I mean, and my family was like, oh my God, like, what did you do? And I had to tell them I went to a hotel room with a stranger <laughs> that oh. I met at a bar when I was 19, you know? So it's like, That's it was, like, it sucked. It kind of like sucked. women who don't come forward when they're, you know, assaulted yeah. sexually by people they're on a date with or people they're at a party because it's humiliating. It can be very humiliating to, to step forward and admit that you were in a sexual experience. Yeah. It's, yeah, I mean, especially when you're talking to a bunch of straight cops that are staring at you like, you deserved it. <laughs> you know? I mean, and this guy had a record of doing it oh, God. To, other, to other guys. And so, I mean, it was just, I think, like you said, Guy, I think he was just a, a self-hater. I think he was just very repressed and he... You know, he got off on it. But then fast forward to... Yeah, so my mom actually pushed me out to the West. She was like, (laughs) you need to move to San Francisco, stat. And she grew up in San Francisco, and so I... That's awesome. Yeah, so I moved to San Francisco, and I got a boyfriend within the first three months and was with him for, like, almost three years. San Francisco is full of boyfriends. Yes. It's always terrible to go up there and realize, like, (laughs) everyone's interesting, everyone's just attractive enough. It's, and it's just easy. Like, uh, you can just be gay. Like, you can and just have walk down a the relationship cast. Yeah, and, and hold just hands. hold hands. Yeah. And it's cool. Even to this day, I still can't really hold hands in public because I'm still so freaked out. But, um, you know, fast forward to moving to LA, and I, you know, was working a retail job and I wasn't making a lot of money. And I was seeing all these go go boys coming in and buying underwear because it was just, you know, it was, a, it was a clothing store. And, uh, 
So I started working as a go-go boy because I just kind of found out where they worked. And so I got a job at this club called Mickey's in West Hollywood. Which has the best go-go boys in, in WeHo. It, they're, they're pretty fun. They're a lot of fun. I mean, you can really get away with a lot when you, when, when I worked there anyway, we were dancing almost completely naked and it was so much fun. But that, I mean, that then you're fast forwarding from this horrible experience where it was humiliating and shameful to, to be gay in this town to being in another town where you're this like gay sexual god and you're feeling like you're on top of the world and you mean there was no there was no cruising i didn't have to put any work into it like they would come to me and be like hey if you're free after work like i'll wait around you know and it's like oh okay that's great yeah i like you you know i mean it was so easy it was ridiculous that's why i feel like i can comfortably being be in a monogamous relationship now because i really got it all out of my system when i was a go-go boy i mean i just had a great time. It was fun. Guy. That sounds awesome. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he looks so happy right now, guys. <laughs> <laughs> two points. Um, a, like, we don't have a culture for homosexuality before bar age. And there is something fundamentally weird about the fact that, like, our only collective spaces, like the only places where we get together in celebration of our gods Mm -hmm. are places where you get drunk and try to fuck each other or places where you just try to fuck each other. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's, it's hard as kids are coming out earlier and earlier that like, we don't have an answer for this. And, and like, yeah, kids totally get into gay bars like before, like when they're 16 and stuff, because a, they're going to be trying to sneak in because they're trying to do this thing and figure it out. But also like, they are our children and there is like however much there are people who are doing terrible things and trying to take advantage of them there is also some degree of collective understanding that like Mm -hmm. we have a responsibility for them and then also your your comments about sort of like you being faggoty and people like shoving you and attacking you because of that i'm very fascinated by the the extent to which homosexuality isn't visible except through our expressions of ourselves mm-hmm. um and so like repressive acts about people being visibly gay stop us from being able to recognize mm-hmm. the members of our group exactly. and like there's this way so sad it's true yes and it's yeah. like every every person who is like shoving a kid and stopping him like making him feel so- self-conscious about the way he talks or what he has done with his hair is like stopping us from be able, being able to organize, not in a political sense, just in a organizational practical sense. I yeah. love what you're saying right now. It's it's really, I mean, we were talking in the bisexual episode about how you can't even, you can't, you have no idea, you can't, there are no signifiers for bisexuals. Oh my God. Yeah. That, that was a telemarketer calling <laughs> and my phone's not on silent. See, it says telemarketer. I have no what idea. What the hell? No, no, no. I, I put that in there because they keep calling. I don't know. Maybe it's... Unacceptable. Unacceptable. Yeah, they're telemarketer. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Okay. Um, okay, so this is outside of gay bars and and whatnot um, and bathhouses. How do you tell? Because I know that there's cruising going on out in the world. I'm so bad at it. I mean, I learned to do this after the internet existed, and I've pretty much just relied on... And also, you never want to be presuming anything about anyone, and so many fucking times, like... When I was working for Chelsea lately, we would get these interns, and every fucking time I was like, oh, Jesus Christ, this one. And they generally had not properly popped out of the shell yet, and so you don't want to be... you like. 
it's so hard when you just asking a question to try to figure out whether someone is a member of your group like that you might be offending them and if someone seems gay and isn't directly telling you that they're gay if you ask the answer is probably going to be them melting down about 20 years of hating themselves (laughs) Um, yeah no it is it is awkward I think if you I mean I I try not to ask anybody just because I just feel like it's just I mean it's just I mean if anybody said hey are you gay I'd be like well why why do you even want to know that you know I mean so it I mean, no, no. I I went through this thing. I think living in upstate New York and then moving around a little bit, I definitely saw that look thing, like where you, it's like an extended look between guys. Like a straight guy will look at you and then will look away, and then a gay guy or somebody that might be interested in you will hold that eye contact for a little bit, and then if you look away because it gets weird, if they look back at you, done. Yes. I always Ooh. doubt it, but. It totally happens, and it's just so charged and awesome mm-hmm. and terrifying. Wait, give me the look. Wait, guy, let's let's do it. Okay, right, right, right. I'm bad at this. Talk to the go-go boy. Okay, <laughs> Mike. Wait, okay. Oh my god, no. you had your mouth open too. That was highly sexual, guy. <laughs> no, go for it. Okay, wait. Okay, okay. so I'm gonna look at you because no, you're, you're the wait, guy. No, no, no. Okay, okay, look, look. I'm okay. I'm a twink. Okay, so I'm like a young whatever. I grew my hair. I'm an artist. Whatever. All right, so I'm okay. gonna give you the look right now, oh, dude. All right, I'm looking. Right. And then I look away. And then I look back. That's the look. Okay, so we looked away, and then I looked up, and you were looking at me again. So and we I'm both, still looking at you because you caught my attention. And I, yeah, I could feel that. And mm-hmm. you, you have to look at them hard. You have to look at them a little bit. Like you do have to play this game of a little bit. You're like at my boobs, but they're pecs right you now. Kind of look. Yes, you. you're a piece of meat. Like I'm yeah. evaluating you. Like I am looking you up and down, and then I'm going back to your eyes mm-hmm. to let you know. I have just looked at you and I'm not scared of the fact that I have just physically evaluated you. Exactly. And if somebody gets crazy on your ass and they say, why the fuck are you looking at me? Then you say, oh, I mean, you just look like somebody that I know. I mean, calm the fuck down. You know, that's what I always do. That's my fallback. One of the rare benefits. That's happened? Yes. Or somebody's been like, why are you staring at me? Because think about this. People were. Well, you're really hot, but I'm going to tell you (laughs) that you look like my friend. One of the nice things. That's good about being creepily gigantic is I am frequently not what gay guys are looking for, but I'm also frequently not what gay bashers are looking for. <laughs> and to uh, like, I don't know whether I am participating in rape culture and doing this, but if I am like flirty or aggressive, like if I am staring at a, at a guy who comes back with a, I am not all right with this. I am always trying to convey no, you don't get to heteronormative me now. Like, you don't get to redefine this in terms of I was making the mistake. I was staring at you because I'm a homosexual and I get to do that. <laughs> um, and it, it is like our culture is a little bit rapey. And I don't know what to do about that because there is like because there is great awesomeness in it. You were talking about like go-go dancing and like there is that feeling of like of adoration and everyone being super into it or like when you go to tiger heat and like every like Rawr, it's hot <laughs> yes. yes it is sweaty and hot and everyone is stripping naked yeah. and pe- and you're allowed to touch people and if there's a straight guy there you're allowed to touch him because he's on your fucking turf what? you know it's not really naked i mean what is tiger off. heat no like shirts i don't off. i don't know what this is what is tiger heat uh it, it's an 18 and overnight um in hollywood that is just sort of like 
you know, it's like the sluttiest and worst of nights that it's a Los, dance club okay. that LA has to offer. All right, um, there is there's so much. I know we're we're getting closer to the one hour mark, and um, I'm just there's so much. But because I know that some people who are watching this are their friends of someone who might be in the closet or um, someone's listening and they're just coming out or they're kind of curious and they kind of don't know how to navigate. Like plenty of guys generally date women, but they are curious and they want to navigate that space, but they feel like it's rapey. Like the minute they walk in, someone's going to just grab their ass and like go for it with them. And there's that fear of like, I want to test out men and I'm a man but I don't know how to go about doing that. So I'm just not because I'm scared. What? I mean, how do they navigate that space like where you walk in and it's tiger heat and everyone's getting naked? Well, gay guys, I think, are, are aggressive. Like mm-hmm. you said in the beginning, like they're, they are aggressive. So I feel like if a guy was new to the scene and wanted to experiment and come into that scene, I feel like the best way to do it would just be to bring a friend. Okay. You know? What definitely. if they bring me? Like, what if... Like, that's great. Is, is a female that's okay even, there? That's even better. the best, yes. That's, yeah? the, that's okay. the best way to go. Because, because then a guy can think. hit on... Like, if a guy wants to hit on him, then he can hit on him through you. And the fact that you're there means people are going to be less likely to just touch him or be creepy at him because Mm -hmm. we all understand propriety around a lady absolutely Mm -hmm. absolutely and they don't want you don't want to you know assume that he's gay if he's with a girl you Mm -hmm. know like so that will mean like they're gonna have to get to know him a little bit more Mm -hmm. before they just go grab his ass i don't want to cock block i just want to be supportive um but i also think (laughs) if you're if you're trying to figure out homosexuality um and and you want to do the the sex part before figuring out the social aspect of it like Order a nice man from the internet. Go online, put up some pictures without your face, find someone, have him come to your house. And the the wonderful thing about it is like, A, you being a guy who's never had sex with a man will make you so much more attractive to most of the people online. Yeah. Yes, it's totally like God knows so many of the people I know, super gay guys met online pretending to be bisexual guys or just experimenting because it seems hotter because they're real men. Um, right, it's kind of like being virginal. Yes, exactly. Yes, it's exactly. like it's like being virginal, uh, and you can negotiate out all of the terms of your sexual encounter beforehand in a way that, like, heterosexuals are sort of like socialized to have the skills to be able to work these things out in the moment. For right. us, well, you mean the the magnificent fumble we do, where we just sort of figure it out, and if someone screams no, then you know it's a no. <laughs> I, always, like, nah. I always imagine you guys are better at it than that. <laughs> it can be pretty awkward I, it, took, it, it takes people a while but uh, but yes please continue uh, men are super clinical and kind of terrible but it also means you can say hey we're not doing anything with anyone's butt when you come over but we're gonna like jack off and possibly blow each other you've sent me like a full list of details about you I've sent you a full list of details about details me. Details like I, I love topping or uh, I'm really into feet. Like, what, what do you mean details? Uh, like, well, just I sort of like, like what's your what's your dick size? What, uh, you know, are you, I mean, because all those sites are usually yes. what's your cock size. And then like, you know, what are you into? What are your like turn ons, turns offs, turn offs, you know, like. So everyone knows what they're signing up for. Yes. Um, and there's something wonderful about that. There's something not particularly nuanced about that. Right. So f- finding magic for us can be harder. Some people have been able to succeed at it. <laughs> I was staring aggressively at the, the go-go boy. Daniel? Mike. Mike, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, I'm sorry, it's Mike. It's okay. I really like that name. Um, but it, like, Daniel. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just flustered. Um, but the, the point is, is that uh, like I think that 
for the beginning, sort of having some of these things clarified before you end up putting your first dick in your mouth um, can be super helpful. And also, people are surprisingly honest. There was this one time where I had like set everything up. A guy was going to come over and I was like, two last questions. Do you have HIV or a boyfriend? And he was like, yes and yes. And it was just so great because like he said that and I was like, um, well at that point in time I would I wasn't comfortable with the idea of messing around in any way with a guy who was HIV positive mm-hmm. and I was like oh, I'm not into this anymore and he was cool about it and I am not in any way meaning to be like promoting a stigma there are a lot of fun things you can do with somebody who has HIV that like mutual masturbation yes and I'm a big fan of mutual masturbation mm-hmm. as I said I pretty much just want a hot person naked near me while I'm coming what else can you do with someone if you don't want to have fluid trans- I mean obviously using condoms and whatnot what other things can you do? I mean, I... Could, I love know. to kiss. I'm a huge... I love kissing. Kissing can make me come so quick because it's just so hot and erotic to me. So kissing, most of the time, is usually very safe. And also, kissing doesn't have that much of a... Like, so frequently, men... F- throughout the history of, of gay guys, we... We've modern history. We've been trying to have sex without pretending like there are any emotional con- like connotations to it. Mm-hmm. So no kissing sex happens a lot, which means sexing, uh, kissing can be so much hotter and feel dirtier and mm-hmm. like more transgressive and like, oh god, what am I doing? Yeah. I'm behaving as though I like this person. <laughs> Nasty. <laughs> and that's awesome. I'm a huge fan of fraudage. I'm a huge fan of lubing someone up and rubbing your dick against the part of them you like best that isn't necessarily a hole. That is awesome. And having yeah. some Where fun. Where is that for you? What? I'm like... <laughs> it depends on the guy. It depends on the guy. Are you like just all over the pecs? Like... Absolutely. I'm I'm, I, I'm not proud of how simple my tastes are, but um, yes, I have I have done the man-on-man equivalent of a pearl necklace uh, a fair number of times, or titty-fucking. I'm proud of you. Um, like uh, a thigh, a good a, like a good thigh like a good gay hairless thigh properly <laughs> lubed up <laughs> wonderful wonderful and there's there's no walking away from it thinking oh my god i'm gonna have a runny nose two weeks from now i'm going to be terrified until i get my results back yeah um oh. and yeah, it was just a thigh and it, and it's a thigh and the thing is is like i love this we're not making babies so I'm just respecting your hotness. So the terms by which I want to respect your hotness can be anything that we choose. Yeah. I love that. Respect my hotness. Rub it. (laughs) Yeah. A lot of times I've, this has happened to me a lot, especially, um, you know, in, in recent years as I've gotten hairier is, uh, guys love sniffing my armpits and they'll just jerk off and just like dig their face in my armpits. That's Mm -hmm. a big thing these days. And and, for me, and that's awesome. And there, there is something fun about like, However much, again, we have this cliche of gay guys as being like super neat and clean and organized. When you get into like a dancey space and too many guys are sweating around each other, it's just a rich, rich stench that gets everybody, <laughs> everybody excited, but also a little bit more aggressive. I feel like everybody is yeah. a little bit shovier because yeah. things are tense. Yeah. I love this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, my God. Why can't I be a gay male? If you were a gay male for one week... We would definitely have a lot of fun. I would take you out, girl. I I just like why. 
this needs to happen. Like, can I please just have a fairy godmother and just <laughs> I can just become like an adorable gay male? For, you know, you could probably. I mean, gay. I mean, I'd just be a dude and I would try everything. You could probably switch it up a little bit where you could pretend to be a guy for a bit. I could pack maybe. Kind yeah. of. Or also, you'd be very boyish. Just be a. Go and be a valuable third or fourth in um, in traditional gay sex. They're gonna be. They're gonna feel so super proud of themselves and excited to have a lovely young lady there, making things ever so much uh, edgier. <laughs> and you'll get to be participatory. Like yeah, you can always take notes while me and my husband fuck. <laughs> oh, I would love to do that. Oh my god! <laughs> no, she she has to get to do more than take notes. She has to be. I want to um, be the lube caddy where I come around and just like, <laughs> okay, slide it out for a second. <laughs> cool, keep going. Nice work. I think my man's a golden gay though. I don't know if he'd be into it, girl in the room. I mean, if she was touching us I'll wear a mustache I've never okay. I've only heard lesbians refer to as gold star and somebody asked me are you a gold star uh, gay and I was like I don't think we say that but oh, you just said that yeah, the golden gays yeah I've mm, always shimmering. I've known that for a while Mm. It's nothing to be proud of. I don't think you should ever be proud that you haven't done something, except for maybe heroin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how do you? I mean, you said you mentioned like HIV. I mean, how how is the whole STI HIV conversation? I mean, it's probably it sounds like it's probably much easier because it's on the table and advertised more and and taught more to talk about it. But there's there's a big stigma. Two things. <laughs> um, a I tend to like, in addition, I like Twinkie Little Boys, but I also like muscly guys who are a little bit older than me. Mm-hmm. And very frequently, especially in the Bay Area, what that meant is I've been on steroids since I got my diagnosis. <laughs> and oh. so, um, like, it's like it can be a problem that we now have lovely medications that mean, like, you are either like not in any way physically noticeable as HIV positive or they have made you hotter through drugs, which is difficult. And then black guys tend to be into me because they don't just like big white women. Um, and, (laughs) And there is a lot of shame about homosexual identity and HIV status in the black community, which can lead to not necessarily being as open about talking about these things mm-hmm. yeah i always just you know thought of it as when a guy t- asks me my status and i get so excited when they ask me my status you know and they're like oh you know what you know what's your status Are you hiv positive negative what it makes me so much more into that guy so for me i was always like okay well if it gets you so much more excited for this person then you have to just like own it yourself and not feel like it's going to be, you know, a downer if you ask anybody. Because it for me, I was always like, oh, thank God he asked first. Mm-hmm. You know, it always has to be asked if you're going to, even for me, even if you're going to have protected sex, like even if you're it's going to, to yeah. it's just good to know, you know, it doesn't hurt anybody to ask that question. And when guys tell me that they're positive, I, you know, I just, I respect them so much more and it gives me more, you know, ability to judge exactly what we're going to do. Yes. I mean, you know, it's just, it doesn't, it doesn't completely mean that things have to end right then and there. It just means that we have to do things now in a certain. I also sort of never feel comfortable saying that I'm negative as like after I, if I have not had sex between being tested and receiving my diagnosis and all of that, there are like some weeks where I can comfortably say I'm negative, but generally I just say like my response is, I was last tested, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. I haven't done anything super risky since then. But you know about the, the NAT test at uh, Gay and Lesbian Center, right? No, I don't. 
They do two tests. One is the three-month window, and they do one that's a seven-day window. Oh, seriously? Yeah. yeah so no, you they know, have a seven-day test now. Yeah, oh. but not... they living in the past. It's expensive, so only some centers have it in terms of where in the world, but there is a test that tests actual virus, and so within seven days of exposure, or after seven days of exposure, you can get your results. Well, yeah. there's also an extent to which gay guys, in paying a lot of attention to HIV... Have not paid attention to other shit because you kind of have an an attitude of a shot will fix this. Well, that's the thing, gonorrhea. Now, have you heard about this? It's starting to, yeah, yeah. It, there's like this incurable gonorrhea <laughs> that's out there now. Yeah. So it's like that's. I mean, that's like sucking a dick. So it's like you can't even suck a dick these days without getting an incurable gonorrhea disease. I mean, Some so like the, you just gotta really sucking a dick with a condom yourself. is terrible. Mm-hmm. It's just the I'm. I realize I shouldn't we'll be. We'll work on it, guy. We'll work on it. I got we'll some tips. We can we, talk we, about yeah, it. Yeah, we definitely have some tips for you to make mm-hmm. it okay. God, look. I realize it's like you. like a masturbation sleep. Treat that condom like a juicy masturbation sleep. And get, get some lube in Yeah, get yeah. some lube in the condom. Mm-hmm. It's, um, it's an extension of you, man. I'm like. I want to taste a penis. <laughs> <laughs> penis tastes great. I know, I know, I know. I'm sorry. Um. I'm like emotional because I love talking about this stuff so much because I'm just, I'm like a a little cultural anthropologist over here, fascinated and jealous. Um, guy, again, tell everybody how they can reach you, hire you, love you because we all. Love I you. am at Guy Branham on Twitter. I don't have a Twitter, but you can. Why don't you have a Twitter? Have a Twitter, Michael. Okay, I'll, <laughs> I'll get a Twitter. I'll get a Twitter. I need to be able to follow you and see your art. Okay, yeah, it's important. All right, you do beautiful just... work. Thank you. Don't keep it from us. I won't. I'll you be out there. Yeah. You'll, you'll, Website you'll, you'll, yeah, you'll know my stuff soon. <sighs> It'll be out there. I'm, I'm cultivating right now. I'm getting everything ready for a huge uh-huh. show. Lovely. Uh, yes. Um, and uh, so I, well, you guys, you guys know, some sex nerds on or whatever. If you're um, curious about coaching or anything like that, you can always email sexnerdsandra at gmail.com. You can uh, tweet at me, sexnerdsandra. And of course, Dave, Dave to the Ross, um, so fancy he'd leave us. Mm, he didn't get to learn all the juicy details that we just talked about. Uh, okay, you guys, uh, stay naughty. I love you, et cetera. You know, fist bump. Love you too. Love all right, you. thanks, guys. I appreciate it so much. Thanks for having us. Thank thanks. you. Seriously. It was very fun. Yeah. Now leaving nerdist.com.